I'm Eric Stites with Franchise Business Review, and welcome to our webinar this afternoon. We uh, have a great panel of uh, franchise owners to hear and share their experiences with you. Um, first and foremost, I want to say with Franchise Business Review, we study franchisee satisfaction across the industry. Um, so what that means is we survey hundreds of thousands of franchisees and ask them about their experience in franchising and their experience with the brand. Um, and we share that information and promote out the best franchise companies um, in, in the United States with the highest satisfaction. And I'm uh, lucky to have three, uh, three franchise owners. If you've, if you've been exploring franchising for a while, you know how hard it is to get franchise owners on a phone or on a video call because they're very busy running their own business. So um, we're lucky to have caught four of them today. <laughs> so, um, so I wanna also say too that um, I am very pro franchising. Um, I think franchising is a great opportunity for lots of folks. Um, that being said, not all franchise systems are created equal. Um, everyone has a different culture, different business model. Um, so it is, it's important to do your homework, get to know the brand, um, but more importantly, get to know the franchisees within that brand and, uh, and understand that, you know, from my perspective, you know, the business model and the marketing materials and the brand and all that stuff, that's valuable, but the most valuable ingredient to successful franchising is the franchisee network itself. So when you can pick up the phone and call a fellow franchisee anytime, um, go to convention, go to regional meetings and pick the brains of other business owners that are doing really the exact same business that you are, that is, that, that's the value of franchising. So understand that culture of, of a brand that you're looking at, um, talk to franchise owners, get the real experience. I mean, in, in my experience, franchise owners will be very open in sharing their experience. I mean, they were in your shoes, you know, five, 10, 15 years earlier, and, and they want to help people make that decision. They, they understand how hard that is. So talk to as many franchisees as you can, and, uh, and we have four great ones to talk to today. So um, with that, I'm going to have each of them introduce themselves, tell a little bit about uh, who they are, where they're from, what, what brand they are with, what franchise company they are with, and, and kind of what got them into franchising. Um, and why they chose their brand. So Ben and Angela, why don't we start with you and, uh, and tell us a little bit about your story. Great, well, good afternoon. My name's Ben Crawley, and I'm here with my wife, Angela. Here with the owners of First Light Home Care, based in Knoxville, Tennessee, three territories, all of the Knoxville area, and South Knoxville. Um, ben, you are breaking up a little bit. Just, can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're is breaking it, up a little bit, so I don't know if you can. Is it? Is it? Is it? Can you hear me better now? That's better. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so anyway, um, we we own First Light Home Care, and uh, our we own three territories that cover the Knoxville area, just south of the Knoxville area, and then also Chattanooga, Tennessee, as well, which we're just starting up. Um, First Light Home Care is uh, it, we're a company of caregivers. Um, Angela is a registered nurse, and, and the whole reason we got started in this. But we basically, we hire caregivers and we get caregivers into homes where folks need caregivers. So for the most part, it's mom and dad. And it's the adult children making a decision to get mom and dad a little extra help day to day. Uh, so it is very closely related to the medical field. Um, although it's considered non-skilled home care, 
Um, but uh, yeah, anywhere in throughout the year, we have between 500, or sorry, 50 to 100. Woo, it was 500. <laughs> uh, 50 to 100 employees, um, and uh, and they're they're mostly um, part-time employees, and uh, we we service our territories basically 24/7. Uh, so it it is a it is a service business. Um, there are no products. Uh, our our service is time, and all of our caregivers are out in the field. So we have a small professional services office space, but uh, for the most part, we manage and operate our business pretty much anywhere we are. Having said that, we're very close to home and close to where our other office is at. Of, of the 50 to 100 folks that we have out in the field um, on a daily basis, we have, uh, including Angela and myself, five office staff that full-time manage all of the operations. We've been in business since 2016. Um, our, uh, our corporate headquarters are in Cincinnati because, uh, you know, I guess we're going to talk about our franchise corporate entities here today. They're, they're good folks. Um, and so they're really just a four hour drive from us. So it was a really good, easy fit for us to get to know them. It wasn't like having, you know, being based in Billings, Montana <laughs> and having, right. having our corporate entity back East. But uh, so Angela and I had a good opportunity to get to know the corporate entity and then, and then kind of find our way. Excellent. Excellent. Kathy, how about you? How's it? Uh, <laughs> how's Billings? <laughs> Billings is great. Uh, we are up double digits for the month and for the year, so uh, we've had some great bird activity. Uh, my name is Kathy Haig, and I've been a franchisee for Wild Birds Unlimited for 18 years now. Be 19 in October. I was working on my undergrad um, as a non-traditional student, so that means as an older student and was looking for a business degree and in, in, in my future was probably banking or some other type of business, you know, position. I knew that I did not want to do retailing. Um, so here I am because uh, someone had given my husband and I a bird feeder for a wedding gift. And if you folks don't know, bird feeding is the number two hobby of the country second only to gardening so it's a good outside um, way to connect with nature hobby and uh, we enjoyed feeding the birds uh, i had taken a class in college as well and had to do something like that for part of my science and then i couldn't find a job after i got my degree but we had uh, visited a wild birds unlimited store about two hours away from us here in a smaller community but uh, we had visited that several times and just kind of loved that concept uh, we reached out to uh, Paul uh, Pickett at headquarters in Indianapolis and flew out to meet them and signed the agreement. And we opened our store one month after 9-11. Wow. Yeah, so it's been quite a journey. Uh, that's part of what I really enjoy is it's not the same old every day. There's always challenges and, and triumphs along the way. And, and I like that. I like a challenge. Uh, I like to be able to, as our, our saying is, connect people with nature. And I think it's, uh, it's just a really fun uh, way to make a difference in people's lives every single day that I come to work. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, you know, obviously, starting up in 9-11 or post 9-11, what it's like to operate in a down economy. So we'll come, we'll come back to that question for sure. Um, Shane, how about you? Um, Give us a little bit about your background with Fast Signs. 
and I believe you're muted, so. I am. Hello from sunny San Diego. Uh, my name is Shane Beard, and I have been a franchisee for 25 years. So uh, looks like we've got some seasoned veterans here uh, with us. And I had uh, I had the Chicago market, uh, several centers there about uh, four or five years ago, and I've decided to uh, turn in the snowblower of the uh, Chicago winters and move out to San Diego. And I sold uh, the Chicago stores and bought one one center out here in San Diego. So. It uh, again about four years. Uh, the growth here has been uh, incredible. We're up, uh, well pushing 100%. Uh, we're we're twice the business. Uh, we've already we've already made our 2019 number, so we're we're rocking and rolling. Wow. The the uh, you know what kind of got me into franchising was um, I, I like the whole umbrella effect. I like being able to, uh, of course, most of our customers are other businesses. One of our mantras is a. Uh, uh, a business with no sign is a sign of no business, right? So uh, that that plays well for us. We we do have some consumer work, uh, birthday banners and graduation banners, and uh, uh, we had a lot of uh, graduation signs that went out in front lawns this year due to COVID. So, but primarily it is other businesses. So the way we cater to that is uh, businesses may open up across the country or across the state, and one beautiful thing about the franchising network is I can call up a local fast signs and there's about just over 600 of them in the United States. And uh, it's like having a second office. So I can get that uh, owner operator to maybe go out and do some measurements at a, a customer's office or do an install or uh, be my ears and eyes uh, on the ground there. So, uh, and they would help me uh, work through that. So it's a, it's, it, it really works well. And uh, you know, even after all these years writing that royalty check, um, I still think I'm more successful as a fast signs than I would if I hung, you know, Shane's sign shop out front. So uh, here I am and uh, ready to take on another, well, maybe not another 25 years. I think I'm, I think I'm getting, <laughs> getting, I think I'm getting to the end of that. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, you know, the, the fact that you moved and, and stayed with the brand and, and we can talk a little bit more about that later. And um, you know, that is an option I think that people don't realize is that, if you own a business in, you know, hometown USA, and it's your own business, if you move, you know, you got to shut it down and reopen, you know, in franchising, you can, you know, you, you sell your existing business and you can buy another one if you want. So mm -hmm. it is, it's kind of cool. So, um, Kathy, why don't we go back to you and just tell us a little bit about, you know, your day to day. I mean, I think, um, you know, one of the misnomers, I think, of franchising, uh, for better or for worse, is that I, I talk to a lot of people that want to get into franchising. And, um, you know, they say, Eric, you know, I, I want to be a business owner, but, you know, it's, man, that's a lot of work. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to put that much time and energy into it. I'll, I'll buy a franchise instead. And, you know, and they, and there's this kind of I think myth or perception that franchising is this like silver bullet to success. Um, can you just talk a little bit about your day-to-day, -day, Kathy? I mean, obviously you started up in, uh, you know, post 9-11 uh, timeframe and, you know, what, what owning a business is, is really like. Well, it is, it is a lot of responsibility. It is, uh, it entails wearing a lot of different hats. 
Sometimes I'm the CFO and sometimes I'm the salesperson working with customers on the floor. Um, and I think people, Eric, know that franchises are more successful business owners than, you know, just the small um, on your own type of thing. So I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate that our franchise has set up, I mean, they walk with you hand in hand and continue to help us find the best practices to put into place in, in your store to make you successful. So my day may start at home with um, checking social media. Uh, we do a lot of that these days. Uh, we've got some uh, great partners in that that help us as well. So I might do a post or two before I leave the house and come to work, uh, come in and uh, make sure everything closed out right and open the registers so that they're ready for when my opening person comes in. Cause sometimes, you know, we have customers early in the morning this time of year cause they want to shop when it's cool. Um, and then it might be things like uh, working on some purchase orders or training a new staff member that I've identified to take some of those roles away from me so that I could have more time to not necessarily work in my business, but work on it whether it's uh, whether I'm at home or on vacation to brainstorm a little bit with some other store owners about it. It might be shipping. We have online shipping now. Uh, we've done that for about two years and especially these past five months, that's been crucial for our retail setting to be able to offer that to customers. So it might be packaging up some things. I might be checking in with a the closest store that we have, it's just a couple hours away. And sometimes we borrow product back and forth and um, just bounce ideas off of each other. Kind of a jack of all trades. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's and fun. That's the fun of it. Yeah, exactly. That, exactly. Yeah. Never a yeah, dull that's moment. That's the fun of it. <laughs> right. Angela and Moving ben, and how shaking about... all the time. Yeah. How about you guys? What's uh what's uh it like to own a first light and in side story um our former editorial director who worked with us for probably five years um left us this is now five years ago but uh after writing about franchising and researching franchising for five years she decided she wanted to own one and she bought the first light in the boston greater boston area <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about what it's like to to run a first light business Molly? Molly Rowe, yes. Molly and Steve. Love her. Love her. Okay. The first best thing about owning a franchise is the family you get from all the other owners. Right. That is the best thing. So you just made me think of that talking about Molly because we love Molly and Steve. Love them, love them, love them. Um, so our day, ours is different because we're not retail. So ours is literally 24-7. I don't, I can't really tell you, I have a day that starts at a, you know, it's not a nine to five. Somebody has to be able to answer the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week and get somebody somewhere if need be. Um, so you have to be up for that. Um, I always tell people, this is like, this is like my fourth child, but it's my child that has special needs. So I can't, I have to take care of it. You know, I got to watch it even more and I don't trust anybody else to take care of it for me. So, you know, we're just all hands on deck for everything. I mean, I've, you know, done the billing, I've done the payroll, I go see clients, you know, 
I interview the caregivers. So you definitely have to have all hats, all hats on and be, be willing to do that and be flexible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, as I said, when I, when I talk to people that want to own a business or own a franchise, I think a lot of people know other business owners and, you know, they've been in business 10, 15, 20 years and they see that lifestyle, you know, mm -hmm. somebody goes and plays golf three times a week or goes out on their boat or, and they're like, I want that. And, you know, you can obviously have that in time, but, you know, the first few years, five years plus is a lot of work, you know, and responsibility. Well, I think people see that like, you know, don't be wrong. I, I can do work by a pool because, you know, as long as I can look at my scheduling system, I can do that. So it may appear like that. But they also don't know that when somebody <laughs> calls in at two o'clock in the morning, I'm the one that gets up and go covers the shift if nobody else get, will answer me. So right, right. you take the good with the bad. And, you know, when you do own your own business, sometimes you can set schedule a little bit better. So that is good. Right, right. Shane, how about you? You've been doing this a long time. What's uh, what's your day like? So I'm so I'm the uh, I'm the uh, I'm the guy that uh, likes to buy the uh, cheapest house on the block, fix it up, and uh, sell it. And I've done that uh, with uh, three other centers as I've uh, purchased uh, underperforming centers and I've gone in there and rolled up my sleeves and, and gotten after it and turned each location around and sold it for a profit and that allows me to kind of springboard and, and, and do the next. But um, it's interesting, four years ago, um, I, I, I was in a very good position with my stores that I sold in Chicago and I come out here uh, to buy a, a, an underperformer. And uh, I, I guess I kind of forgot how tough it was to get one of these things turned around because uh, you know, the sweat equity that you got to put into it, um, Granted, I was able to hit the ground running maybe a little faster than a brand new owner uh, would be just because of my experience. But it, uh, it is absolutely start early and I usually the last one to leave. And, uh, but if there's a great weekend coming up, then I'll take a long weekend and I, I make it happen. I think as uh, uh, somebody already said, uh, you know, work on your business, not in it. And uh, I spent a lot of years working in my business and I'm at a point now that I like to work on my business. I empower my employees. Um, I've got a great staff. I've had as many as, as uh, 12 uh, working in a center in Chicago to as few as two um, that I inherited when I uh, picked up this uh, center uh, back in uh, 2016. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a great lifestyle. Uh, I enjoy it and uh, I do it all over again, I think. Yeah. Um, so I'd be remiss if I didn't, you know, mention the, the, the C word of COVID. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of people out now that are, you know, out of work or, you know, have had uh, coronavirus themselves, uh, loved ones, obviously in the senior care space. I know that affects you guys directly. Um, you know, just share a little bit about each of you and, and we'll start with Shane just how, how COVID has impacted your business and, um, and more importantly, I think, and this is, goes back to that value um, of, of being with a franchise system is how corporate has helped support you through that as well. So yeah, Shane, if you want to lead on. Um, so I also went through the recession of 08, 09. And looking back, I, I see, I, I was 
I was almost frozen in, in my tracks and I wasn't aggressive enough. I wasn't proactive enough, I feel. This is 2020 hindsight and kind of uh, uh, seeing what you did right and what you did wrong. So uh, I was slow to react in, in that. Well, when this happened, uh, I absolutely dropped everything and I walked towards the problem. And I thought, let's, well, you know, I've, I've, I've got to figure this out quickly. Um, I, it, on, on one hand, I felt uh, all my businesses, right, where B2B, uh, was just going to dry up and go away. And, you know, you, show, me a, show me an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur, and I'll probably show you somebody that, that is a chameleon, that can, uh, that can pivot quickly and, 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 uh, and, and go in a different direction. And that's exactly what we did here. Um, I mentioned that we're almost uh, double our business than we were last year. And COVID, uh, I mean, if, if you think about it, somebody is making all of those signs, all of those floor graphics, all of those social distancing posters. Somebody's printing those for these other businesses, uh, for the warehouses, for the supermarkets, uh, for the hospitals. Well, we, we were the, the benefactor of that. And I can say that uh, not every um, sign company, uh, not only uh, Fast Signs included, but other sign companies, I'm not sure I can say that they've all seen the success. Um, that s some of us have, but absolutely, uh, there's even uh, centers in our uh, in our uh, chain right now that are making PPE, um, the hard uh, cl uh, clear acrylic face masks, and and uh, doing those for hospitals. So again, I sold I've, I've sold products the past six months that I've never sold for 25 years. I've sold uh, uh, I mean I could just go on and on, but uh, PPE is some of the some of those products. So it, uh, it, it, at the same time, owning a, owning a franchise and having to deal with the health issues, as you mentioned, whether you have somebody at home or whether you've got young kids that now are, need to be homeschooled because, you know, because of what's happening, or maybe you have elderly. Um, I'm fortunate that I was able to come into work every day as an essential business because I was providing supplies for other essential businesses, such as hospitals. But there's a number of franchisees that didn't want to risk that, didn't want to risk being in their center and, and bringing that back home. So they've made a tough choice. And they said, you know what, I don't think we're going to open up our doors until this all passes. So it's obviously uh, independently owned and operated, right? That's the beauty of the franchise. And you make your, your, your decisions uh, as, you, as, as you go. But uh, our franchise, uh, our CEO, Catherine Munson, um, who's actually uh, president of the uh, IFA this year, uh, she's an incredible, and, and, and our organization is just great. We, uh, we absolutely pivoted, and uh, we threw out so much support, uh, emotional support, uh, great advice on how to uh, work through the whole PPE program or the uh, emergency uh, uh, disaster relief uh, through the SBA. So we had webinars um, every week and helping uh, owners kind of work the, the, the landmines and sharing best practices with those that were successful in the uh, in the market and maybe here's some tips and tricks of how, how we were either able to sell shields to the uh, face shields to the local hospital or how we did so many floor graphics for this warehouse chain uh, that's out there so um i, I tell you I, we've been uh, uh, our franchisor has just been second to none and they've uh, I'd, I'd give them five stars that's great that's great ben angela how about you guys um Obviously, uh, direct impact on the, the senior sector. 
Um, how is how has COVID affected your business? Um, really, feels to me it's at first it was everybody was scared, and so they didn't want caregivers in, and so that made it. It didn't really drop, drop, but it just wasn't picking up like it usually does. And now it is turned where now everybody wants caregivers because they don't want to go anywhere and they don't want to be in a, a home or anything like that, go to a facility. So that has picked up. But then in turn, finding caregivers seems to have dropped because A, they get a really good unemployment check here in Tennessee right. um, for not working. And then they're scared of COVID too, so they don't want to go. I mean, and I'm we're right on the front lines, so um, so it's something new every day. It keeps me on my toes. Um, corporate is fabulous. There was two Zoom calls a week about the disaster loan, and there was two or three Zoom calls every week with everyone about COVID and the best practices and letters we need to send out keep us all you know what we need to do and who's doing what and then it affects our networking business because we can't get out into the facilities to tell them about us because they're on lockdown so how to network in this era when nobody's in their offices everybody's at home so um they really really helped and it kept us all connected which was great too great great kathy how about you how is uh how has business been uh in the COVID world? <laughs> well, uh, no surprise, it's been a real challenge. I will say that I would never have wanted to do it on my own. Um, as a franchisee, I, I got received so much support from corporate from the beginning uh, with webinars of support, with, with help with the financing and PPPs and matching us up with uh, lenders uh, to help understanding that each of us uh, were coming from a different part of the world. Uh, we have 300, over 300 franchisees in North America. So they were dealing with Canada and the United States and knowing that each, each municipality had different rules. Some stores were totally open. Some were only doing um, online. Uh, we learned very quickly uh, with their help also how to do curbside for our customers who were not comfortable to come in the store and who also did not want to do online, but to be able to do that and meet the needs um, to help them. We were fortunate, and, and I didn't realize this in the beginning, but pretty amazed that because of the shutdown and, and our customers and people just slowing down and looking outside and reflecting and realizing that there's a world outside in their backyard that could bring them joy. And so we have had quite a few new uh, customers come in and, and enter into the hobby because they realize that brings them peace. And uh, the franchises help with that, uh, helping us understand the emotions of the consumers and that of our employees, uh, respecting that, that you know, some of our employees are, are in that age group that we need to be really careful. They might have people at home or, you know that so they've helped us weather all of those storms and i think that we are going to come through this in, in pretty good shape yeah it's and it's interesting that you mentioned paul pickett earlier paul is the chief development officer at wild birds and has been there for forever <laughs> it seems yeah. um great guy 
And I learned from Paul a few years ago that bird feeding is a year-round activity. Like I was one of those people that, you know, in the winter I put out seed, but never thought about it in the summertime and changed that a couple of years ago. And it's amazing the impact it's had in my yard. And I know, you know, with people being home so much more through all of this crisis that, you know, a lot more people are bird feeding and gardening and, you know, making the best of their backyards. Mm -hmm. So my next question for each of you, um, and what I want to do is, is also just tell uh, the attendees on the call, um, if you have a question for any of our panelists or for all of our panelists, just chat it in and we'll, we'll take as many questions throughout as possible. Um, and then we'll also do some Q&A at the end. But, um, so obviously, uh, it, you know, if we can put COVID aside for a minute, um, each of you, successful business owner, you've been at this for uh, a, a good amount of time. Um, I'd like each of you to just kind of talk about, you know, what it is that you think in your own skill set um, has made you as, as successful as you are. Um, you know, for people that are thinking about buying a franchise business today and kind of doing that self-assessment of, you know, yeah, I want to own a business, I want to be a business owner, but, you know, do I really have what it takes? Um, Angela, Ben, why don't we start with you guys and, um, you know, just what, what do you think your skill set, and, and you guys are uh, unique in that your husband and wife team, which I know is common within the First Light system. Um, is that a shared, shared responsibility? How does that work? So we really have to try to stay in our own lane so that we can stay married. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we do. So he does the back office, all the payroll, the billing, all that stuff that keeps us legal and all that. And obviously, since I'm an Aryan, I do the caregiver stuff and client and client related things. So um, I think for my particular skill set, it's is basically, I mean, I'm an Aryan. I've known since I was little, I wanted to take care of people. Um, it's what fuels me is taking care of other people. It always has. I started my career um, at Children's Hospital here in Knoxville. And then I worked at a middle school as their Aryan while our kids were younger for 10 years. Then I went to hospice nursing and loved hospice nursing, um, except for the caregivers that weren't doing what they should have been doing. So. Ben and I kind of talked and decided, let's let's do something that really goes on my core competencies of taking care of people. And he's so smart and my lawyer business like does everything I can't do. Um, it takes more than a four function calculator, I'm out of it. So, um, so just to focus on my core competencies and then that gives me the satisfaction I need to feel better, make people, you know, take care of people. And also we're providing a better caregiver than what I saw when I was doing my hospice rounds. That's what does it for me. That's, that's why I can handle a 24 seven job. You know, um, you definitely have to have work ethic. You have to be able dedicated to do it all the time if you have to, but the rewards definitely pay off big time. Right. Um, you know, you're not doing it all the time once you get a good team around you. Um, but I think if you want to do a business, find something that, you love so it's not work every day you know i'm, great, I'm not burdened by it every day you know it needs to be something you love i mean i couldn't i love chick-fil-a but i couldn't run one of those franchises because i've never wanted to serve fast food 
you know, so right. it's got to be something you love where it doesn't feel like it's a job. And then I don't, Ben can tell you about all his skill sets. And do you have, do you have trouble staying in your own lane? <laughs> um, I don't too bad. Ben tends to. He'll probably <laughs> tell you differently though. <laughs> Oh, you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, can you hear me? Yep, there you go. First, yeah, first slide is a big husband and wife kind of set up. It seems the most successful uh, franchises are husband and wife teams. And, um, I think we definitely are. Uh, there's no way I could do what Angela does and what her, her background brings. Um, I don't have a background in, in health at all. <laughs> so uh, why we got into this is definitely on her shoulders, but I love it. Uh, it's it, even though we say we work 24 seven, we've got a lot of, free, we do, it is our schedule. We don't have a storefront. We have a, we have a, you know, we've got an office staff that is our backup um, as well. You know, three other folks as well, you know, as well as us. So if we're in, happen to be in California or if we happen to be in Georgia or on the coast, you know, we're still in touch with our team and we're still getting our caregivers out to all the family services. So, there is a huge amount of flexibility with that. We don't have to be there eight to five, um, which is great. And, you know, there's the there's trade-offs with everything. We don't have to be there eight to five, so we need to be available 24-7. So um, that's a good trade-off for me. But, um, but, I, but, you know, I, I don't know what was the question. Did I answer that okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> All right. You know, us franchise owners, we've got 10 things going on at once. I'm trying to answer the phone call. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or just non-medical home care cousins. We take first license. They just take the story. It's just a big, huge family. I mean, I could call Molly right now. I could text her and say, hey, guess who I'm talking to? And she'd right, stop right. what she's doing and talk to me. And I've got, you know, owners in California that we visit all over the place. I'm still trying to get really close to the ones that own in Hawaii. That's the ones I'm really trying to get close with. But. <laughs> right. Yeah, we've got like a network of friends all across the country. Pretty cool. So. Yeah. And that, you know, again, I think that that so many people, when they're looking at brands, they, they focus all their attention on the brand and the corporate office and the program and the, you know, marketing programs, whatever. And, you know, they don't spend enough time getting to know the franchisees. And I know that's hard to do from the outside. Um, but, you know, it, it's such an important thing to understand the culture, because, again, every company is a little bit different. I've been to, you know, I, I go to a lot of franchise conventions and, you know, some are like, it sounds like yours where it's just a big family reunion, um, you know, and, and lots of learning, but lots of fun time at the bar or wherever too. Um, it, and other conventions are very much all business. You know, it, it comes five o'clock and everybody goes back to their hotel room for, uh, you know, dinner. So it, I think it's important to, to look at that whole holistic picture of the company culture. Kathy, how about for you? What's, uh, you know, what's been your, you know, kind of expertise or skill set that's made you successful? I would say, uh, first and foremost, I'm a hard worker. <laughs> I think uh, even though I'm not here 24 hours a day and I probably don't get phone calls at two o'clock in the morning, like um, the first light folks, it's still, it's on top of mind. And so there's always things, it's like you said, 10 things going on at once and you're thinking about all these things that you 
want to work on, need to work on, deadlines, those type of things. And I'm not, I'm not scared of the hard work. Uh, I, I look forward to it. And uh, I think that's been probably a real key characteristic that you can't just have somebody hand you a set of keys after you've bought a franchise and expect it to be successful. You've got to put the sweat equity and you've got to have an understanding of income and expenses, uh, how that flows in and out and how you can keep track of that. You can, you need to be able to uh, be able to monitor that and make decisions uh, based on those and not wait until six months and then take a look at your P&L and say, oh, I need to do something different. Um, so you need to have an understanding of how that works. I think that continued learning is something that's also helped me. Uh, I look forward to webinars and other classes locally, but the biggest thing has got to be our annual meeting that we have for Wildbirds Unlimited. And we receive so much from that. Uh, it rekindles our passion for our business. We have regional meetings and we have We've developed quite a family and friends as well that we can reach out to at any point in time. We've remained friendly with um, our initial training classmates from 18 years ago and still talk with them on a weekly basis and look forward to seeing them each year at the annual meeting and sometimes in between. I think the other thing is you need to be able to uh, create a team and continue to develop your team so that you can have more time for yourself eventually, but to be able to motivate them and and get them to perform the way you want them to perform and be able to give that great customer service that our customers expect. And uh, just to create that passion about feeding the birds. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Shane, uh, what's, what's your secret? You've been, uh, again, at this for a while. <laughs> You know, I've been a um, I've been a mentor to to many uh, uh, fast science owners through the years, and whether it be a training center uh, for them to uh, dip their toe in the water, or after they've signed the agreement and they need uh, kind of starting off uh, and creating some good habits, I tell you what I ha also have seen and uh, is uh, things that didn't go so well, and if I could draw some generalities as some some folks that I've seen come through is uh, maybe they came back they came from a background where they had a staff uh, being able to do everything All uh, right. and and uh, you know it was mentioned about having that business acumen um, it, it's one thing uh, managing a staff of uh, however many in a in a high-rise building uh, it's another thing about being able to squeeze out uh, a P&L and see what the trends are and again, anticipate where the uh, ship is headed rather than being so reactive and wait till you hit a rock and then say, well, I should have turned my ship a little earlier. So it, 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 there really is a theme and, and uh, certainly the, the most successful owners I've seen are people that don't wanna be the smartest person in the room. Uh, they want to surround themselves with people that are smarter than, than themselves and, and use that as a, uh, as a, as a great tool to build your business. Uh, and uh, there are uh, many of those owners in our system and, and I'm sure other franchise systems. But, uh, you know, not everybody hits a home run. And uh, while you buy your business and you wanna operate your business the way that you want to, not necessarily the way that the franchisor wants you to, right? Because we're, 
we're, we're independent and some of us are more independent than others uh, when it comes to, to things. But uh, it, it, it's a fine balance, isn't it? Uh, you know, not everybody wants to, wants to, wants to feel uh, 100% increase in sales. Maybe they don't want to put that effort into it. Uh, maybe it's a, that's not the lifestyle they wanted. And that's okay. You know, that, that really is okay. And uh, not everybody's going after the same uh, piece of cheese uh, in right. the maze. Right. So uh, one of the questions that came in um, from our listeners is uh, if each of you could just comment, um, and again, we'll go back to Ben and Angela to start, um, just talk a little bit about how your corporate office supports you with marketing automation, CRM, you know, technology tools, um, and, and local marketing advertising programs. Um, if you guys wanna just share a little bit about that. Okay. I, we can't hear you, Ben. Oh, can, can you hear me? This is yep. the strangest directional microphone I've ever experienced. <laughs> uh, so this is a me question uh, as far as networking and corporate. Um, so we don't have a storefront. We have uh, referral sources um, that, that bring business. Uh, so a big part of our business is having a CRM and managing those, those uh, client relationships. So that's what CRM stands for, client relationship management. Um, and we do have a system that corporate uh, put in place for us that manages all those relationships, all those touches, uh, and allows you to map all that data so that you basically manage your networker um, is what it's all about. And also drive new, drive more revenue, of course. That's the, that's the first bottom line. But also if you, if you have a networker hired to do that job for you, that tool provides that data to provide that um, and that tool comes from corporate, and obviously corporate wants to track all that data too because they're looking across the entire network, see what's working, what's not working, how companies are doing, where their referral sources are coming from. So that's a big part of what we do. Uh, that's networking. As far as marketing goes, yeah, corporate does provide all the brand standards, provide all the graphics, the colors, the logos, those things like that. Our corporate does support us. If, if I was to ask them and say, hey, can you put together this? Here's my something I need to go to print. They would, do, they would do the desktop publishing for us. Or uh, if I wanted to do it, I can do it. Um, it's pretty much your choice. Uh, if I do it, it gets done in a minute. If corporate does it, it gets done in an hour. So that's kind of the difference. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of support there. And First Light's a super brand. Um, they have all of that that you would expect from a brand management side of the, of the business, because that's their job, they're managing their brand. Um, they would have all that stuff. So really there is quite a lot of support. Um, real quick, my background, I, I come from a very, very business background, but uh, at the bottom line, actually first, I'm a mechanical engineer by trade, but I left engineering after only about three years of practicing and just went into management. I've been in marketing. I've been SEO, web, um, general management, and, and manufacturing operations. The only thing I've not done is accounting. Um, but uh, as far as when I went into First Light, I had a lot of these questions myself. And the answers that First Light came back with were, were pretty much exactly what I was expecting um, as far as what their support should be to um, uh, maintain that image and maintain that uh, top of mind um, feel for all of the networking resources that I can have, my network. So 
I, I think it may be different for folks that do have kind of a brick and mortar storefront, uh, which we don't again. Uh, so just, I guess, go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Kathy, how about you? You, you do have a brick and mortar storefront. Um, talk a little bit about how Wild Birds supports you. I mean, you, you already mentioned some of the social media posting that you do, but uh, how do they help you implement the local marketing programs? They do uh, an enormous amount. They uh, work diligently to provide us a 12-month marketing planner that uh, we have access to generally about the end of the year, so it's for the upcoming year. Those marketing campaigns each month are based on hobby activity and surrounding some of the products that we offer for our customers to be able to do that with what we have to offer and it also includes some education as not just sales always uh, sometimes it's just educating customers about the life cycle of the gold finches for example along that line then uh, they work with us we have our assigned field consultant and they help us to come up with our budget our local marketing budget and that's divided up into two sections one is retention so our customers that we already have on our mailing list uh, so to market to them with uh, provided postcards and email messages from corporate and then we also have the acquisition side of that and that's where they provide us television ads radio of our branding I lost you a little bit there at the end, but I think I got most oh, of it. So. <laughs> sorry. I, well, it's just, it's, it's important because I could never do that on my own. So what they provided is a, a consistency of branding across the board, and that makes us system-wide stronger. Right, right. That's great. Shane, how about you? You're you're in the branding and marketing business. How uh, how does yeah. FastSign support that further at the local level and help you get your brand and your own name out there? You know, it's interesting. I um, our um, the entire country's uh, split up into five different regions within the, the FastSign's network, and uh, each region has an elected franchisee. Uh, that represents questions, concerns, uh, and things on how we might spend the national ad fund that Fast Science happens to have, which is 2% of our of, uh, part of our royalty. And that 2% uh, should be spent on things that a local franchisee can't afford uh, from a scale point of view or uh, should be doing locally themselves. So we've been very fortunate to not only build our sales over not only my center, but the entire network build sales that we've been able to to make a big dent in uh, television advertising. And we have uh, spots and you can really see the big spike and uh, uh, things going to the website, uh, the 1-800 number phone calls. Uh, I think Fast Signs is second to none in the uh, in, in our industry and in our uh, in our corner of the market. And our, uh, I mean, we, we were doing direct mail when direct mail was going on and when it, now we're with pay-per-click and I mean, we, so it, it is really uh, ramped up and uh, I think they did a great job over the last six months on how to prepare 
and uh, get our owners to pivot and and, uh, and either increase uh, area here and, and maybe spend less over there. So they help us analyze uh, all, all of the tools that are available, but we have, we have a large quiver of arrows uh, that allows us to do lots of different things. Uh, so second to none. Great, great. So I know we're, we're coming up on the end of our time. Just have each of you give a quick kind of nugget as to, you know, for candidates thinking about buying a franchise today, you know, what, what advice would you give them? What, what, you know, unique tip or nugget would you uh, provide for them? And I know you talk to candidates within your own system all the time, but, um, and why don't we, Shane, lead off with you? So I, th I think the, the, the era of uh, build it and they will come, I think is long gone. I think maybe the golden arches uh, quite a few years ago, maybe had that corner of the market where they could just open up a restaurant and there would be a line uh, out, outside the door. But I feel uh, as much co competition with the online uh, brings to it, um, you have absolutely got to be aggressive and waiting behind the counter as we happen to have a storefront, right? But waiting for business to come to you is a recipe for disaster. You will, my, my nugget is you will die on the vine uh, if, if you have that uh, mantra and that attitude. So you, you've got to be aggressive and uh, you got to ask for the order, so to speak. Right. Go out, go out and get the business. Uh, Kathy, how about you? What's, uh, what's any, a, a good nugget that you would give a candidate? Well, I, I would totally agree that things have changed dramatically. And I think that you have to be open to that and realize that it's not just brick and mortar anymore. And it's also not just online anymore either. It, uh, it's becoming more and more a combination of the two and learning how to, to use those tools to reach customers and uh, bring them in their store. And then once you get them in your store, then, then dazzle them with what you have to offer. But yeah, just realizing that you've got to, got to think outside the box and always be open and willing to uh, go out of your comfort zone maybe and to be able just to reach them and, and realize that, you know, it's a different world that we're in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ben and Angela, how about you guys? What, uh, what grand nugget would you provide to someone looking at franchising? My nugget would be, as I said earlier, find something you're passionate about and do something along that lines and flexibility. Be flexible. The world is changing every day and just be flexible to do it with it. Yeah, good What's advice. Nugget? Um, my nugget um, is don't be afraid of some hard work. Uh, nothing good comes to anybody that doesn't want to put work in. And, you know, that for, for prospective people looking to get into a franchise, maybe that's not what they want to hear. That the silver bullet here is that all of the things that everybody's talked about here, we've got a great family of other owners. We've got a great marketing um, back, you know, set up to where you don't have to do that creative work to get all the marketing materials. We've got a great CRM system in place so that we can manage and track what we're doing, who we're touching. But, uh, but Shane's right. I don't think you can sit on your hands and expect business to come in. You've got to go out there and get it. You do have to build this house. Um, but don't be afraid of work. But the thing is, I, think, I don't think anybody should be afraid of hard work. Uh, so um, it's, not, it's not that bad. <laughs> 
right, right. You know, somebody's got a bit. I think I don't um, know. We like it. Pick, a, but pick a good, get, pick a good um, franchisor. Yeah. To partner with. Do your work. Do your homework. Um, I remember just as a little um, anecdotal story. Um, I've done a lot of hiring in my past, uh, and I always use the. Uh, I read a book by the Gallup Corporation a long time ago about how to hire for folks and. A lot of people that do a lot of hiring gets stuck hiring people because they need a certain skill set. And so they hire the wrong person. But that person's got the skill set for the job that they need. Well, the, the book that I read a long time ago said, hire for talent. Um, hire for natural talent and um, teach them the skill. Understand their weaknesses and manage around the weaknesses. That's worked really well for me for going on 15 years. And I was sitting in a, a um, what's the like the prospective, um, yeah, the discovery day that we went in and, and uh, Jeff Beavis walked in, he's the CEO of, of, the, of the franchise. Um, and he asked all the prospective owners, he said, let me ask you all here as prospective business owners, who do you think the most important person is and, and that you're gonna interact with as business owners? Almost everybody said, and there weren't that many people there. Um, just a, there was only about maybe three, four other prospective owners including Angel and myself. And uh, most of them said, well, it's our clients. because The clients bring the money in. And Jeff actually said, he said, well, believe it or not, it's your employees. And the, the thing is, you've got, to, you've got to focus on your employees because your employees are going to focus on your clients. And in that, he actually started talking about how he wants to have us understand that managing for talent is really what, or hiring for talent more rather, really what is more important than just hiring for skills. And that struck me. And at that point in time, I felt like I had a, had developed a really good relationship with our corporate entity. And that still sticks to today. Even though we have ups and downs and there's annoyances, sometimes writing as well to check my butt and get on my nerves. The bottom line is the guys that run the business up there in Cincinnati, they're good people. They're really good people. And I don't think I'd want to get in bed with a company to run one of their franchise branches. I didn't feel like they were good people, especially given what we do. We help mom and dad. They really are entering in a very difficult point in their lives. And if you're doing that with the idea that the most important thing is the bottom line, then I don't really think you're, you got your heart in the business. So like what Angela said, you've got to love what you do. One, but you got to live with yourself every night. So I think for us, even though we do work hard, and that was my first message, it's okay because I'm happy with the work that I'm doing. We're doing a good thing, and we're partnered with a, with a group of corporate folks that also have really good intentions at heart. And I haven't seen anything five, you know, coming up on five years of us being with them uh, to tell me otherwise. And when that you know day comes, we'll, we'll change our minds what we're doing know that you're joining such a large group of other owners out there they're going to lend a lot of support but they're going to lend you a lot of trouble so um, find a good company to get with and i think change what i did that's the bottom line it's it's not easy it's hard work that's okay every day is an acceptable day um, because we have to partner. yeah no that's great um before you guys go, just a couple of quick questions and anybody else that has questions, you can chime them in. If we can't, we will take a couple, but we can answer them offline as well. Um, Donna's asking about uh, fees beyond royalty. So 
Um, I know there's lots of different fees within a franchise. Usually, you know, royalties and advertising fees are the typical uh, big ones, but, you know, some have technology fees, software fees, you know, all sorts of fees. Can you just, you know, comment briefly, um, Ben, if you want to talk a little bit about that uh, within the first light system? Yeah. You know, every franchise out there is going to have well, for us, there's a technology. The thing about it is, um, there's a franchise You're breaking up again a little bit. I was going to say, um, that when you get when you get started looking at these franchises, they've got to give you franchise disclosure document that has all of those fees spelled out in it by law. You've got to get in there and read it. So, um, uh, you know, we've we've not found any kind of any any different um, fees that that we we that weren't squarely advertised to us from the beginning. But there are there are fees. The thing is, they should also provide you with business models so you can go and forecast out what you believe this business is going to do and you can bring in clients. Um, if you can model it, you know, with math, it's just dollars. You should be able to determine whether or not you're going to survive or, you know, sink or thrive. So that, that would, I guess, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Kathy, how about within Wildbirds? Uh, Wildbirds Unlimited, we uh, only have a royalty and the ad fund fees, and uh, it's worth every penny. I wouldn't shy away from fees. Uh, that's just something that you build into your pricing structure. It's just part of doing business. Shane, how about at fast signs? Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think uh, royalty is uh, the uh, in the ad fund or the or the main. Uh, there are some other fees that that, that trickle down, and it might be uh, extra storage on the uh, on the on the on the cloud or or certain uh, certain things uh, come and go. Um, maybe a a preferred uh, vendor for credit card processing, or maybe a uh, a preferred vendor for your uh, CRM, where we're paying additional fees for something, but it's typically it's all negotiated down because of the buying power that the franchisor has with with many of these. So if they are fees, you're probably still way ahead of the game if if you were buying or purchasing these things on your own. I definitely want to you know thank you guys. I know we're we're at the top of the hour here, and and I I really appreciate you giving up an hour of your day to help uh, you know, share your franchise knowledge. And uh, I wish you all the best of success in business moving forward. And, uh, and I know you're, you're with a great brand, so I know that will uh, be possible. So thanks again for sharing all your insights and I wish you uh, best of luck.